Mage Talk is brought to you by Mojo Stratus. Stratus is true cloud auto-scaling technology for Magento. Built by industry leaders and cloud architects, Stratus is a revolution in cloud hosting. Magento 2? No problem. Holidays? Flash sales? No problem. 100% uptime or your money back. Give Stratus a try today, risk-free, and tell them Mage Talk sent you. Check them out today at magemojo.com. That's M-A-G-E-M-O-J-O.com. This podcast is brought to you by Commerce Hero, better way to find a Magento developer for your next project or full-time hire. Hello and welcome to Mage Talk, the Magento community podcast. I'm Kalen and I'm joined today by the most beautiful man in the Magento ecosystem himself, Kido. Where? Kido. Where is he? Oh, it's... Hello. There he is. Hello. <laughs> I thought it was not a guest there. How you doing, man? I am good. It's um, it's quite uh, warm right now in the Netherlands, but uh, keeping it together, that's fine. Yeah, what is a it? A little Nine? heat wave upcoming. I mean, it's it's normal for you guys, but um, we, we call yeah. this a heat wave. It's yeah. like over, over 30 degrees uh, Celsius. Yeah. Anything above perfect perfect temperature is like torture yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Um, no, it's not. It's not cool. That's the, not cool. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. Pay attention. Yeah. Pay attention. <laughs> Get your head in the game. Get your head in the game. So we have a bunch of topics for today. Yes. Conversion rate optimization, uh, your podcast. How long have you been doing your CRO podcast? And what's it called? Because I just call it the CRO podcast. <laughs> well, it's CRO about Cafe. CRO. It, it's, about, it's about conversion rate optimization. Uh, I've been doing it since uh, January last year. Nice. Um, and... Um, uh, the first year uh, was a bit trial and error, but I think since um, since mid 2019, I got a steady pace of uh, doing it weekly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I currently have uh, 125 episodes on the website. Dude, yeah. that's a lot. 125. Yeah. In two years. One and a half years. So that's yeah, one and a half. just yeah, one and a half years. So that's yeah. slightly more than one per week. Yeah, so uh, what I did, uh, I, I tried to have regular episodes weekly, but then uh, before Corona happened, uh, I also went to to live events and did a, so we, we had, a, had a booth for a full day at a conference, uh, like you guys with Mage Talk had at, uh, at Imagine. Nice. And then uh, I had like eight, ten talks on a day, and then I published those individually as uh, a separate uh, podcast too. So that's how you get to 125. That makes sense. <laughs> and it's funny, like I have every once in a while, I'll see one of the links and I'll be like, I want to check this out. And I click on it and then it's in Dutch. And I'm yeah, like, so I'm, I'm fixing that. I, <laughs> well, yeah. I'm not, I'm not translating the, the, old, the old Dutch ones to, into English, but I think uh, like right now around 50% of the podcast is in English actually. Uh, and there's an actual, so if you go to shiro.cafe slash English, you mm-hmm. get uh, to see only the English episodes. Nice. Yeah, I, I did that. notice you'd mentioned that recently. You were thinking about moving to English yeah. or doing some English. But every time I click on a link, it's in a language I don't understand, <laughs> you know? so Time to learn Dutch. Uh, kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dutch seems no, like so a cool language. Right, right from the beginning. I mean, Ciro is not not limited to the Netherlands, of course. Uh, so right away, I had the idea, okay, if this is, if this is a thing that's, uh, that works out for me and, and people are interested in this, uh, maybe I move it, uh, move it uh, to an English podcast. Uh, so right off the bat, I, I set up some things uh, so it could be easily switched to English uh, when I wanted to. Right. Uh, but I also wanted to... In, in terms of uh, a community building, you know, I, I want to start out small to have a have a niche. Right. It's easier to get get some traction there, and uh, I think once I got uh, so we, I have a Facebook group of people that that help each other out uh, a bit, um, and where we talk about the episodes. And I think once that hit five hundred people, I thought, well, this, that's a that's a good uh, amount of people. I mean, it's it's very niche, right? So in the Netherlands, five hundred people talking about zero. That's I never thought even that there were so many people in the Netherlands doing zero. Right. That's like the uh, biggest so that's a good CRO group in the history of the Netherlands for sure. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. You know, the other thing I realized that like I'm interested in talking about is like just community building because like that's kind of like that's a huge part of what you have done uh, online and offline. And it's um, it's an interesting thing, especially right now. Like I think I saw a tweet recently, yeah. this guy who was like, 
saying that he was looking for an online community to join related to react or something like that. And he was like, I'm craving community right now. And I think that, um, a lot of people, uh, with COVID and everything that's going on are, are craving that. And even pre COVID, of course. Um, and I, I don't know, I'm, I'm like, I know you mentioned it's a Facebook group and I'm interested in like, it feels like there's a need for like some better software, you know, like there's Slack, there's Facebook groups, there's discord. Um, but I don't know. It just feels like, like, do you feel like, uh, the Facebook group works perfectly for you guys for that particular no. group? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. <See? not>. No, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's messy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's messy. And uh, some people are used to Slack and, 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 uh, others are, are locked into Microsoft teams and, um, if you if well we're going to talk about the live streaming if you want to talk about live streaming you need to go yeah. to discord then then uh, that's right. that's where the whole community is at um and yeah there there are definitely limitations and and but if if you want to build a community you need to be at a you need to be where your community is it's it's not it's really hard i think these days to get people to build a community on your own website like you like 15 years ago, I could start a, a Joomla forum for the, for the Netherlands and right. attract a lot of people. And right. uh, same with, same with Magento 15 years ago, that would have worked. But, um, nowadays there are so, so much of the, these, uh, global platforms that people already use. Um, I mean, when is the last time that you signed up for a forum on someone's website? Oh God, it's been a long time. <laughs> It's been a right? really long time. So, so you need to you need to be at a, you need to use those services um, if you want to uh, uh, be in the game in, in community building and and try to make that work. So, um, obviously, then you are limited to to the platform that's um, that you, that you can use and where your audience is at. And then, yeah, there's there's of course there's LinkedIn groups or um, or Facebook or Slack. And then yeah, you have to make a choice. It's really hard. It's really hard to do them all at once. Right. Why did you pick Facebook over LinkedIn for a professional oriented group? Um, I think the, um, the interaction in Facebook is, is much better than on LinkedIn. Uh, right. So LinkedIn feels more like a fit in, in terms of the audience and, and the reason people are there. Right. Uh, but interaction in Facebook is much, much higher. It's just and, better. And the the yeah. engagement is, is just much better. Yeah. For some, for some reason. Yeah. It's interesting. It's, it's kind of like Facebook. And I think I've heard some people say this, that like Facebook groups is like the main feature on Facebook that people that's, that's growing, you know, the social networking side of it is obviously massive, but more and more people are like, ah, I don't want to use Facebook for yeah. social networking, whatever. But the groups feature seems like it, even for work related stuff, uh, and professional stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I, I used Facebook groups for another uh, a couple of other uh, professional groups, and they they work out pretty well. And I also I I don't use Facebook personally. Um, Called it, but yep, yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, because I've I've thought about the idea of start you know like a Magento oriented Facebook group. There probably already is one or whatever. Um, but then you'll have like whenever I suggest that idea, like people will come out and be like, "No, I don't want to do anything <laughs> but, on but that's, Facebook." That's always the case. Mom. That's everything. People don't yeah. want to switch. No yeah. one, no one wants to switch. Yeah, there's always something people are going to complain about. So, like, and, I and the, feel, the problem is you, you don't you don't necessarily switch, right? You just add another channel. You just add another channel, <laughs> probably. Yeah, and then you have five million of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like I don't know. I feel like there's a need for. Um, community software and uh so so like what are the issues with the facebook group like as far as building a community let's say a pro specifically let's say professional oriented community right like um well um email is still a very important uh driver of of, of traffic and 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 to get people to uh to send the notifications or uh for whatever reason um, and that's not something you can do with, uh, with Facebook. And so it's, it's, it's up to Facebook. It's up to them to decide, Hey, uh, are we actually going to show those people that are actually group members? Are we going to show them this new message in the group? That's up to Facebook. It, there's, right. there's, there's no guarantee. That no control. Actually see it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and, and so far it works out. Okay. Um, that's of course, that's a huge risk. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. 
And so, so if if it were up to me, it's definitely your your owned medium, uh, the media would, would be would be much better. So I, what I try to do is uh, convert everyone to uh, f- right now, for example, to subscribe uh, uh, to to the newsletter and have some um, um, special information in the newsletter that I don't share anywhere else. Uh, and in that way, you can actually uh, reach uh, the. So then audience. you kind of have both. You've got. You've, but yeah. then, like you said, it's messy because you've got these two things. They're not in sync and whatever. But at least that's a way to do yeah. it. Well, I think email versus versus Facebook groups is less messy. I think those are two channels that can uh, can coexist. Uh, but I, what I just want to say is, is you need to prepare for a moment. Uh, if you don't own that channel, you need to prepare for the moment that that channel doesn't exist anymore or the channel yeah. does, does something that doesn't really <laughs> uh, fit your community or or they just don't don't show you the change rules whatever right and right. then you need to be able to send everyone an email message saying hey <laughs> we're going to switch to somewhere <laughs> else or the rules have changed and mm-hmm. if you c- can't even do that that's that's a big risk to your that's an issue to your yeah. community yeah that's interesting um how do you uh like what do you, what's your feeling on kind of like the state of the magento community overall you're on the magento association right mm-hmm and uh i am <laughs> <laughs> you're like i think so <laughs> like what's your feeling on the state of things overall i mean it's 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 a big i mean i've been part of the magenta community since uh 2008 and uh, a lot of things have changed and um uh, also also in the netherlands i mean we, we see a lot of uh, both agencies and, and merchants uh, look for other solutions now magenta 2 is around and uh, magenta 1 is no more um, and uh, shopware is very very popular around here. Even in the in the Dutch Magento Slack, uh, we have a channel for shopware. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they have their own community, but we also have that. Um, but there are uh, a lot of a lot of changes there, and a lot of um, yeah, differences in in how Magento was positioned in 2008, 9, 10. Uh, in, in the in the eBay era and and before eBay uh, came around, uh, versus what is, what is doing right now, right? So you're talking to a whole different audience. So we each time we have to relearn um, how we communicate with everyone and what everyone's needs are, and, and things change really keep changing really fast that way, um, and, and even faster uh, with a lot like a lot of uh, companies now have seen with uh, with with COVID. A lot of things can change in a couple of months. Uh, it haven't been hasn't been that fast for Magento, uh, but but things definitely changed a lot. A lot more professional uh, businesses involved. A lot of agencies that are now dro- uh, either dropping Magento or going full Magento two and and um, dropping everyone else because uh, they can't do multiple platforms anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a whole different uh, different goal, bo- uh, ball game now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you like, it's interesting, like, like you're, you're, you've started this, uh, CRO community and podcast and you've been yep. doing conversion optimization for probably since you started Magento or pretty close there, like you've been doing it forever, but like, you feel like you've made in some ways, maybe like a little bit of a pivot from like such a strong focus on Magento to like, like you're saying, it's kind of changing. Audiences are changing. Things are shifting. People are moving to other platforms. Like, is that, was that a conscious kind of like shift type? You know what I mean? Uh, so with my background in, in psychology, that's, that was always already a part of, of my background. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily, not necessarily zero because when you, when you study psychology, when I, when I studied psychology, nothing was digital, nothing was online. <laughs> it was just not part of the curriculum. Uh, but doing experiments, doing user research, that was definitely part of, uh, that was, that was at the core of, um, of, of the study. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was always part of that. And, and when I did Magento, um, Whatever I do, some, somehow community building is always uh, part of that, um, and 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 conversion rate optimization. Uh, that, that's something I grew into with. Uh, it started with with Magento doing e-commerce. Uh, like I just said before, I did, I was I was involved with uh, with Joomla, uh, building a community for that, building websites for that. Uh, nothing to do with uh, zero, but when Magento came around, first of all, I found that much more interesting than than just a regular CMS, uh, in the sense that that this is actually where 
where there's action on the website, people are buying something online. So that also means the whole purpose of, of a Magento website is, is selling something. So there's more money involved compared to a, any random uh, CMS. Yeah, I did the same um, kind of so thing. So people yeah. want to want to spend more money. Businesses want to spend more money there. And that's also when more and more focus came uh, came on, on CRO. When people say, okay, we're pouring pouring a lot of money in this website, uh, pouring a lot of money in getting traffic for this website, uh, let's also make sure that people are actually buying and that's where CRO comes in. Right, right. So let to, like I'm I I love hearing like about interesting like conversion rate optimization tests and stuff like that like um, anything uh, that I think we're talking about a car car websites or something like that like you got any interesting yeah. tests you've, so what, you've seen come across lately? Yeah, the latest uh, user research I did well, was not an, uh, not an experiment, but uh, was uh, was user research and. Um, and when we're talking about uh, things that can change fast, we, we were looking at uh, a couple of car websites. And so when we, when we do user research, in this case, we did interviews uh, with people. So one day uh, we interviewed like six, seven, eight people. And um, you, you give them cases to go through, uh, go through websites and you do some follow-up uh, questions. And uh, so this was... Uh, 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 Car website. So the companies they were they were selling cars. So it could be the dealerships, the dealerships, the local dealerships could be uh, car manufacturers themselves. Uh, could be could be secondhand. And what we find out is that most of those websites are traditionally, I think, aimed at getting people to their offline location, and there they're gonna sell them a car. Right. While during right. the user research, we, we figured out, well, people are not necessarily interested in in going to a dealership or yeah. going to an offline location. I just wanna buy a car. And yeah. of course, we all, especially uh, in the beginning uh, of e-commerce, you, you wouldn't think of people buying cars online. Yeah. But, um, and, and if it's a new car uh, that's, that's over 100K, then maybe not, but uh, maybe there are people that are that are actually doing that r- yeah. uh, right now. My, and also, my, also secondhand. I was going to say, yeah, sorry to interrupt. My, my buddy, uh, when I was trying to buy a car, my buddy gave me this like tactic. He's like, uh, figure out what kind of car you want and then go to all the websites, all the car websites, all the local dealerships, find the fleet manager which is like the person basically sort of in charge, email them and tell them, this is the exact car I want. Uh, do you have it in stock? Right. And then one person will say, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, we'll give it to you for this price. Then you email the other one. You say, I have this price. Can you beat it? Right. So it was a very like online process for me. And then, um, and then when I went to do the transaction, it was like all agreed up front. So I didn't have to deal with any in-person sales craziness um but yeah that's like it made me think of that because you're talking about how people want to just handle things online you know versus like just just going in you know just 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 get it done i don't want to go offline uh to to shop around for for a car i'm already used to buying so much things online so why do you want to drag me into into stores and a lot of people are annoyed by this we had a couple of people actually that already bought cars uh online uh, so they're already used to that, and and then being at a website, it's it's really frustrating if it, if they don't give you enough information to make to be able to make a decision. Yeah. Or with with every every call to action ends in okay, uh, here you can uh, uh, create an appointment uh, for right. uh, for our store manager or whatever. Is yeah. it the same in like Europe or or the Netherlands in general? Like in the U.S. at least, like when you think of a car dealership, it's like. It's like maybe, you know, somebody's going to try to sell you. They're going to have all these sales tricks that are kind of like cheesy type sales tricks. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's the same in Europe or if it's, if that's like an American thing. I, um, I don't know about the research, if it's, if it's actually true, but it's definitely uh, the way people think of those businesses. <laughs> even in Europe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. okay. Yeah. It's like the last thing and, you want to do is talk to a car salesman. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, and and yeah. similar when there's something broken with your car, right? You go to the to to a garage to get it fixed, and uh, usually most people um, don't really feel comfortable doing that because they can they can tell you anything. Yeah, this was broken, that was broken, and here's the bill. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> like, okay. I <laughs> it's a lot of you. money every time, but I don't know if it's actually was that necessary or. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I keep interrupting you because I have a short tension span when 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 I'm doing these things. But you were trying to get to the research that you guys did to do to to try to get people basically to do more online transactions. It sounds like. Yeah. So um, um, so th- that's the feedback that we gave to those uh, to the to the car companies. So we had a, and there was a upcoming client and there's an industry uh, that we were interested in, um, and uh, it was it was it was really fun to do. So it was really. Um, I thought it was insightful that to, to see that all those websites are still trying to sell in the old way, while while the customers are already way further ahead uh, in the next step of of their e-commerce journey. Mm-hmm. They are ready to buy. Of course, not everyone, and of course, uh, you need to be careful about uh, the exact target audience. Maybe there's a you uh, as a as a car salesman I have a really specific uh, audience in, uh, in as an age group or um, uh, the location that they're in, whatever. Uh, so I, I, I can't speak for everyone, but uh, it's really, really interesting to see that there, there's a big market for uh, people actually selling cars online while mm. the car webshops uh, are not ready for that yet. Mm-hmm. So basically, that was the research you did was to find out that was there a certain percentage of this target market that was like, hey, we'll buy the whole thing online? Was that the... No, so uh, usually when this was more uh, exploratory research, so you you get like like I said, like six, seven, eight people on a day. Mm. So it's it's not uh, always uh, representative for like thousands of people actually buying stuff online. Okay, uh, but it was more like exploring. Okay, how are people shopping online? Are they open to certain things? What do they think uh, about uh, uh, certain practices? And, and then uh, you can do follow up research from that. Right, right, right. That makes sense. Like if nothing else, like you should be able to get a quote online, which, you know, I I feel like from what I remember from car websites, it's like request a quote or something like that. And then and then you're in a sales pipeline and you're going to they want to get you on the phone or, you know, so like but if you could at least even if you're not going to make the full purchase, if you could just get a full on quote online and then you could um, even if you have to go in to make the purchase, like that would be a cool I think step, you know. Yeah, yeah, and even, like you just said, uh, they want to they want to call you. A lot of people don't <laughs> don't necessarily want you to call them. No, it's uh, <laughs> the last thing. But I if want. you try WhatsApp, I think a lot of people are, will be open to to just uh, chatting with uh, with a car salesperson if if they if it feels authentic, if it feels real. Oh yeah, if it's not too salesy. But if 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 they're actually so trying easier. to help you, hey, I'm looking for a car. I need to do this and this. Uh, can you help me find the right car or? Uh, even find uh, a right, uh, second-hand car, and then they do research for you. Hey, where can we actually get this car, and what, can we get a good deal of that? If, if you do that, yeah, uh, through chat, I think there are a lot of people that would be open to that. Yeah, like I feel like if there was like a car brand that was just super like digitally native, like it was easy to chat, like they had yeah. fun social media, um, like you never had to get on a phone call and like the website yeah. was really clean and stuff like that. Like, I don't know if that exists exactly, but I feel like it would do really there, well. There are probably a couple of startups out there doing, doing stuff like this, because I, like I said, there, there, I, I feel there's a big gap there, uh, where you see the yeah. traditional car markets lagging behind what actually the customers would like to do. Right. And in your podcast, do you do like teardowns and stuff like that? Or like, is there, a, is there a format to the CRO podcast? Like. So the Shiro podcast, uh, uh, the weekly interviews, what I do there is interview usually one one or two uh, persons from um, uh, either client side or um, uh, vendor side or agency side. Uh, so those are roughly the three categories. So vendor side will be uh, someone from an A-B testing tool or, or other uh, tool to optimize your sales online. Um, and, uh, we do, so I started doing teardowns. That's also, um, uh, tied into the, the, to my dive into live streaming. Um, we wanted to do, uh, websites, uh, websites, uh, reviews or specifically web shop reviews, um, and, uh, look at those and then do some, um, uh, live commenting on, on website with a couple of people. And, uh, I did that with, uh, someone focused on SEO and then I uh, focused on zero and another one. Uh, I did was someone more focused on the business side, uh, business development side, and I focused on uh, on zero. And then we go through those websites, and the format there was that we do uh, we, we did eight websites, and then uh, ten ten minutes for each website, and then uh, five minutes uh, for each uh, person uh, to talk about the, what what they thought would be better. Nice. But yeah. then actually, so and and each time we we start with a disclaimer because actually, an, an expert review like this is basically the worst thing you can do. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's, it's zero. <laughs> Don't listen to an expert saying anything. If, if you have no data whatsoever, uh, that's fine. But you probably have Google Analytics. That's already, it's like, already way better. 2020 is the year of experts are always wrong, like on every level. <laughs> and, yeah. you know. I don't want to get too far well, into in that. In zero, experts were already always wrong. So um, we, we might be, zero uh, experts might be really good in the process behind zero, uh, but even zero experts are are really bad at, at uh, predicting what will work if you, do an, uh, if you do an experiment. If you were really good at it, then we wouldn't have to do the experiment. So so basically your, your content is explicitly exactly the wrong thing for yeah so that sounds a lot we, like mage talk actually exactly <laughs> <laughs> so the idea is more uh inspirational right so we want to get people on the right path uh, thinking in, in about right ideas, mindset of thinking options. about hey how would a customer actually uh look at look at my website and, yeah. and that's what i have a lot of experience in in sitting down with people that look at the websites and and hear them uh complain about stupid stuff on the website that you as a, as a website builder would never think about, never consider, uh, because you're, you're way too deep into this, in, into a whole process of, of building that website. You know why certain fields are there, why certain fields are mandatory. It's annoying, but we have to do this because of our CRM and Salesforce and our whole backend depends on it. If we don't have the, that field, then our whole backend um, uh, blows apart. up. And, <laughs> yeah. and, but, but, then, but then you sit down with the customer and they say, well, this field's mandatory. I don't have this information right now, so I just abandon. Right. right. And then that, that's that's really painful if, if you're sitting there. And that's, that's the experience I do bring to the table. So that's what I what I hope to convey to those users and, and hopefully inspire them to do more research and try to figure out what right. actually happened. Because I, I don't do those uh, expert reviews saying, okay, you, sh you should change this, you should change that. But it more come up like suggestions. Okay, hey, I should look into this. This this if I do a user research, I, I would expect people to to drop off here and um, uh, without without looking at your Google Analytics because that would be very helpful. But I don't have access to that at that uh, the moment of those uh, reviews. So um, I think Willem um, Wigman could probably uh, or no, Willem de, de, de Groot could probably help you with that getting getting access to arbitrary uh, <laughs> Google Analytics accounts. <laughs> Google yeah. Analytics accounts. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I completely lost the train of thought I was going with there, but yeah. Oh, I'll say, I think it's, um, brilliant content strategy because it's, you know, it's interesting for you to do the teardowns. Like you said, it can be helpful. And it's also like, I don't know if you're, you know, you want to get potentially leads, you know, from yep. the, from those, uh, web shops. Um, but like, if I have a website, somebody does a review of it and it's insightful, I'm like, Hey man, can you help me out? You know? Yeah, um, exactly. And like, what do you do work-wise? Like, I know you were with, like, do you do consulting? I know we, we were going to talk a little bit about you were at Vimo and stuff like that, but do you do consulting work for this kind of thing or? Yeah. So the, the Vimo gig ended in, I think, uh, March, April. And since then I've been uh, freelancing, doing consulting, uh, zero are you just training, uh, blown up constantly with consulting gigs? Like, are you not getting blown up? No, the 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 whole Corona thing definitely uh, uh, hit hard uh, hit. in in the zero consulting. A lot of zeros uh, 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 colleagues zeros were were laid off um, worldwide, but also in 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 the Netherlands. Uh, a lot of marketing online marketing teams were hit hard in general. I, I feel like developers have not been hit very hard. I've I've heard of a few cases. Of like layoffs, yeah. but I feel like overall it was, it was not hardly noticeable. And maybe, I don't know if that, I mean, it, I could see why maybe on the marketing side and maybe even specifically on the CRO side, which isn't necessarily generating sales, right? It's opt, well, it's generating them, you know what well, I mean? Well, that's, that's the optics of it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's also a bit weird about CRO and there's, 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 there's some discussion about this in the CRO uh, world itself. Um, where you should position zero. For me, it, 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 it's almost always positioned in, in the marketing department. But for me, it, feel, it way more relates to, to products, actually, uh, to a product department and optimizing the product itself. I mean, even if it's not, um, if the website is not your product, uh, but it's, it's part of the whole experience that, that people have when buying your product. And actually, when, when, when I do reviews of websites, I, I, I 
like like 50 50 uh, 50 percent of the, the 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 comments i get from people uh are about the maybe the website itself but the other half is definitely about the product itself so if 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 you're selling um uh flowers for example um people give comments about okay what kind of flowers they would like to have uh, the flowers they don't like what they like about the product gotcha, imaging that's so um, true. and and that's that's a lot of a lot of important information not necessarily for the online marketing team but actually uh, goes way further uh, into the company let's face it magento can be a beast to run in the cloud and that's why stratus by mage mojo is hosting evolved Say goodbye to dedicated DevOps teams and complex cloud architecture. With Stratus, you get a rock-solid architecture that's built on Amazon AWS and true cloud auto scale. Never worry about capacity planning ever again with the full power of AWS that's behind your site. Backed by Magento Cloud Architecture Geniuses at MageMojo on technologies like ECS, Kubernetes, Aurora, and also a 15-minute SLA that's the fastest in the entire industry, you can be sure that your site is in good hands with Stratus. Give it a try today, and we know you won't be disappointed. Head over to magemojo.com slash magetalk and get started. That's M-A-G-E-M-O-J-O dot com slash magetalk. Thanks again to MageMojo for the continued support of MageTalk. That's interesting because you would think like developers broadly to overgeneralize a little bit, like developers are on like the product side, like they're building the product. So they're yeah. a little bit less, they're not so much in marketing, although they could be. Um, and maybe that's why there's less layoffs in c- Corona or I don't know. I don't have data on that. This is again yep. <laughs> information that could be completely wrong. But uh, but yeah. So if you if you're considering zero part of the product, um, that that's that's a different way to frame it for sure. Um, yeah, and I and, and I also see that uh, in a lot of companies when I um, when I start working there or help the zero teams uh, uh, get up and running. That actually, so usually at first the developers don't necessarily like it <laughs> because it feels like extra work. Okay, we need to build experiments that we don't build right now, and we already have our hands full on building new product features or new new products uh, in general. Yeah. Um, but when you start doing zero, it's 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 not always about um, building or or adding stuff on top of that. Um, but actually, you you would want to start way earlier in the process and saying, okay, you guys want to build this new what product. What should we build? Let's, let's, first, let's first validate, hey, is this a good thing to build to begin with? Yeah. And okay, if, if we do feel that, if we have enough user data to support that we should actually build this, what's the way we should build it? How should we sell this online? And how should the product look? How should we uh, position so, it, frame it, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, and that, that definitely helps the developers also to, uh, well, to stop building stuff that no one's using. Uh, but just because someone, uh, a product owner or higher management says, okay, we should have this feature because the competitor also has it. Everyone's sighing and then just go build it. Uh, no, let's have, let's first have this validation process of, of the, of the concept itself and then start building it in a way, continuously validating, uh, with users that it's actually being used. And then once you roll it out, uh, it's actually being used by people and they're happy with it instead of, you you working uh, with your development team working for on some big a big new thing for three to six months releasing it then no one's using it management is unhappy because yeah no one's using it yeah. it's not bringing in the sales uh, they they were expecting everyone unhappy and uh, you build this magical new thing uh, yeah. waste of time yeah yeah um, as a developer I resent you saying that we're building things that are a waste of time I'm just kidding. Um, well, no, but then <laughs> you should. No, but that, that it is. No, no, no. That's the point. Yeah, fun, yeah, right? yeah, no, no, no. That's the point. Is that it's 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 a decision from sort of whoever's driving the strategy, and yeah. um, developers ultimately are going to be more satisfied, way more satisfied when they know yeah. they're building something's going to be used. That's one of the most frustrating things. You put all this blood, sweat, and tears into something, and then it never sees the light of day. Like that's like. Yeah. <laughs> Um, exactly. That, that's. I think that's way more frustrating. And 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 zeros are totally. Uh, and we definitely uh, maybe some zero teams and uh, me in the past and maybe uh, right now <laughs> even still still need some help with that in 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 framing it maybe better that developers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like us communicating uh, with developers. Like our work. 
so uh, it, it can it can um, uh, come across as a bit harsh sometimes that we like critiquing your work. And it's the same, by the way, with, with designers. We have the same uh, issue, issue there. Designers hate um, you. <laughs> we, we, we're not necessarily critiquing your work, but we know that there are a lot of users having uh, issues with the way you've built something or you, the way you've designed something right now. And we think right. it can be better. Right. <laughs> so we're trying to help you with that. <laughs> Is there a dribble for CRO, like in the sense of you think about designers sort of sharing their work Yep. And then in a way that others can kind of give feedback or maybe, I don't, maybe that's the wrong question. Like maybe the question is like, could CROs give feedback into dribble on design? You could answer either one of those two questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I don't use dribble. I know what it is, but I, I, I don't use it. I haven't uh, used it in forever. Uh, I just like think that, it's a but, cool like model, you know? Yeah. But there are definitely, so there are uh, user testing websites and concept websites where people post like uh, new designs and, and CROs uh, give feedback uh, uh, on that. Nice. Um, but the thing is, and that's very similar with the, with the website review session uh, uh, sessions I do, uh, is it not necessarily, expert reviews are not necessarily the best way of doing this. If, if you, uh, you can go search, we can include this in the, in the show notes. There's this hierarchy of evidence that is, that is being used. It's like this pyramid. Is, well, you know the Maslow pyramid with uh, where where Wi-Fi is on uh, <laughs> on the bottom is the most important thing. Um, yeah. The hierarchy of evidence is what's the other way around. The most important thing is on top. Um, and it, but it's, it's it comes from science and basically the expert review is is like the, the bottom layer is is, is not uh, uh, there's the highest risk of a bias of me as as an expert. Uh, giving you because uh, right. uh, I'm I'm a white dude from the Netherlands. <laughs> I have this limited experience. Right. I might not be the best one suited to to do an expert review from from your website. Whatever experience I have, and then you go up the ladder, and then you get you you get more and more user data in. Whether it's from uh, uh, and and they sort of use this in science, and we, we I created a, a different version for that for specifically for for uh, digital marketing and zero. Uh, but then you get to Google Analytics uh, data, so uh, qualitative uh, and, and quantitative user data, user research, you include that. And on top of the pyramids is basically uh, repeated A-B tests. So if, if you repeatedly uh, do A-B tests on, on the same concept, the same hypothesis, and you continuously see uh, the same trend pop up, then there's a, then you have a reasonably, reasonably good idea of what the users actually want, where the, what they respond to. Right. Uh, and that, that's what you want to get at. And... Um, so I, I don't want to discount any any dribble. If so, if you don't have that data, you, 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 if you don't have a website, you cannot do A/B testing. So you need to do, go, do right, a step lower right. in, the, in the pyramid. Right. If you right, have right, no right, idea right. who your who your audience is, or you have no way of reaching your audience, you go a step lower on the pyramid. But as, as soon as you have that uh, capability, you should should definitely prioritize everything above an expert review. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and I, so I want to talk more about the live streaming stuff, but real quick. Yeah. Um, this copy testing product, um, I've, yep. is something I've been kind of just watching, uh, recently, uh, by, I believe his name is pronounced Peep Laja and, Pep. uh, Pep. Okay. I think he's originally Pep. from Estonia. 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 Yeah. Yes. Italian. And, yes. um, you can tell he has that Viking DNA just like you. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I think he's actually here in Austin. I've never, I've never met him, but, yeah. um, but yeah, it's it's uh it's just it's fascinating. There's so many things I like about uh, the product. It, I love that it's niche. It focuses specifically on copywriting, right? Because there's a lot yep. of things you can focus on within the context of CRO. Um, and I love that it basically um, all it does is helps you optimize your your website copy, and um, it pulls in it basically pulls in real audiences you know, specific to your website or your niche, your industry, whatever. And he'll post kind of like little teardowns on specific websites and stuff like that. Anyway, I just, it's like, I think it's really cool. And I was curious, like if you, what your thoughts were on it. I haven't used it, but I, I, I do like uh, CXL. So that's the company behind it, uh, ConversionXL, CXL.com. Right. Uh, they also do a lot of training. I actually, uh, last month I did uh, two mini degrees uh, uh, with them. And uh, Pep is now indeed focusing on that uh, the, the new uh, uh, copytesting.com. And yeah, if that's 
Um, so so the, the, the trick here is that you need to figure out where the bottleneck is of your website. And I think user testing or maybe something like Google Analytics, uh, especially the combination of those two, can give you a hint of where something is wrong. And if you think copy is indeed the, the, the thing that's uh, that's holding you back, I think this is a great way of, of trying to figure out um, uh, better ways. But uh, as with any optimization, if, if you optimize something uh, where people are actually not getting stuck, you can, you can optimize, to put it really simply, if you, if you optimize your checkout, but no one is getting into the checkouts, it's not really useful, right? If people right. already get stuck on your product detail page, you can optimize the checkout what you want, right. but <laughs> it's not going to bring you much more sales. Right, right. Uh, and same with, with copy. That being said, I do think copy is, uh, is underestimated a bit that's, with, uh, with, yeah. with zero. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. That then they start focusing on on buttons or colors or images, uh, but also when I do user research, a lot of people when they, when they get to websites again, you as you you build the website, you maybe you work for for that company for a long time, maybe you even build the company. You are so biased; it's 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 really hard to understand how much bias there is. You're you're completely blind blind to whatever happens on your website. You, you're not your customer, and you really. If, if you do user st- testing, um, it, it's it's quite humbling to do. It's uh, or or painful depending on how you look at it. Um, um, but it, it, it's a lot of people when they get to a website, they have they don't get what's going on. They have no idea. Right. They, I, I I search for something in Google. I go to a website. What do I do? Please help me out. I have no fucking clue what I'm doing here. <laughs> is there a call to action? Uh, I, I see 20 call to actions or I see no call to action. Um, I see, I see sm- images of smiling people. What are they smiling about? I have no clue. And, is there and a joke somebody told? I don't know thing. what the joke is. Like, what's happening? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's that's if, if you build something yourself or you're involved with that, it's really hard to do. So that's why yeah. you need to do the user testing. And, and copy is usually... The first thing, the first couple of things people read, and, right. and sure they might be interested in in videos. And if you do fashion, uh, of course, images are really important there. Uh, but if they don't, if they totally. go to your fashion website and they don't get, is this second hand? Is this new? Uh, uh, how fast can I get it delivered? Are these uh, models spray uh, tanned? W- like what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you want to know. And uh, if you don't have this basic concept, which is usually conveyed uh, through really good copy. Uh, then I think this uh, this copytesting.com is, is a great new addition yeah. uh, to the tool set that we have as zero specialists. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I feel like copy is such a huge low hanging fruit for almost yeah. almost every website on the planet, especially mine. Yeah. I mean, and I I've been working on a new version of my site, and I've been um, like it's a code wise, it's a it's a lot cleaner. So I find that when I'm not distracted by technical stuff and Where's the code for this button and how do I not duplicate code or whatever? And I can focus yep. on like, oh, here's a button. Like, how can I make this button more clear? And you, when you can be able to find yourself working on titles and things like that, um, it, it's great because like it, it, it's a it's a it's a it's just a higher level way of thinking about your website. Yeah. Like as a developer, yeah, exactly. you can get stuck in. Yeah, and 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 I, I totally get that. That and that's that's where your focus lies. But then, if if, if you have a, a customer coming to your website, you can make this button as large or as obvious as as, uh, as you want. But if if they don't get what they're getting when they click that button, they don't know the consequence of clicking that button. They don't know what you're selling uh, because your copy isn't uh, up to par. Then then you have a big issue. Yeah. Um, and and same with with people that are not native, right? So uh, copytesting.com, as far as I know, they're they're focused on the English market. So that's a great help for me because I'm not native to uh, to English. Uh, I'm just this uh, Dutch guy, so it really helps me uh, to uh, go across the borders and 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 validate stuff that I've written or my girlfriend has written because she's she's way better at English, <laughs> as you know. I didn't realize um, she was um, way better than you in English. Well, the, I know she's okay, much then. better looking than you, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, that's not a challenge. But so, so it's a okay, little bit of a challenge. Let's, let's, it's let's a little tell, bit of a challenge. So, a little little story time. Caitlin might not 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 remember this, but uh, there, there once was a pre pre COVID, there were uh, me Magento events uh, held all across Europe, 
And Spain uh, there once was this, this uh, one in Madrid. Spain. There was this event in Madrid, and I thought it would be fun to bring my girlfriend along uh, to to the events. She, she loves Madrid. She she actually lived in uh, Spain uh, for I think a year. Really. Um, um, and and uh, so she she was eager to go there uh, as well. And and um, so she didn't. Well, she actually did attend uh, uh, Mi Magento itself, the conference day. Uh, but we had a we had a pre-party the evening before, or maybe it was the after party. I think it was a pre-party. So she came along, and I, I think uh, well, we we already uh, had met, and I I think I've met the whole group there. Talesh was there. I think um, uh, Philip was also there, and uh, of, of course uh, Ignacio was there. And I think my girlfriend uh, she introduced herself. She she said like. Two sentences, and everyone, and I think especially you, commented on how how good her English was. Oh, that's oh. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, that's, that's like what uh, she she said yes. two sentences. Yes, and I'm all, <laughs> yeah, n- like <laughs> it, it felt like a per- it felt really personal. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that, that was not a comment on her English. That was a comment on my English. Yeah, like you have like <laughs> the, here's the thing though, you have like a, a you have like a sexy like accent, you know, like. I was talking to somebody. Oh, I was talking to Ricardo Tempesta with Italian accent. And he was like apologizing for not whatever English words. And I was like, dude, I would kill for like that Italian accent. Um, But she has zero accent. Like she sounds like American, like not even like British English. Just I I don't know. It's like crazy. She also also lived in London uh, for a year. Yeah. Um, It was like uh, indistinguishable. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so end of story time. End sorry. of story time. Yeah. <laughs> but no. So and, and that, so like I said, so those services, uh, copy testing included, um, but there are a lot of lot more of those user research uh, studies that really help you um, remove your own bias from it, right? So to get people in looking at your your product that are not you, maybe they're not even uh, your your customers right now because your customers they already bought something from you. You want to get people out there. If if your product is broad enough, uh, then those general services can be really, be a really good help of of getting um, neutral people uh, that are unbiased towards you and your company because they don't know you yet uh, to to give comments and uh, leave feedback. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about live streaming because you are like diving into live streaming so hard. You put together that interesting resource um, with uh, all the different uh, software options around live streaming and stuff like that. And, um, you know, everybody's doing more live streaming these days. You know, there's kind of an explosion around it. Um, so how's, how's that all, how's that all going for it? I know we already talked a little bit about some of the stuff you guys are doing. Um, yeah, so so my use case was, uh, like I just said, it was doing website reviews. And you, you think this should be easy. <laughs> 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 there should be a tool out there that that's simply does this. So what, what my requirements were is, um, uh, okay, I, I don't want to do a, a, a website review. So what I want to do is um, um, so d- despite having this Facebook group, a lot of my audience is at LinkedIn, and LinkedIn Live is really good. Uh, I think I think I get uh, I get w- way more engagement with LinkedIn Live than with uh, with uh, Facebook. Ton of engagement uh, or YouTube for that matter. Yeah. So LinkedIn was one of my requirements. I need to go live on LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn only supports like eight platforms. So and, and LinkedIn, I want the LinkedIn newest. to be. Uh, it's the newest one of. Yeah, it's the newest, and they, they to become really technical already, uh, they don't su- support RTMP uh, streaming, so uh, you they need to uh, basically endorse the external app, right? and then they the external app can, uh, you can create, so StreamYard is one of the examples, you can uh, use StreamYard to uh, log into LinkedIn, yep. and then uh, stream, uh, stream with or like so, restream, that needs to be like endorsed restream by LinkedIn. was the one that I used, but yeah, they have to build a custom integration yeah. um, Exactly. So, and and you, and you don't need that for, for example, YouTube or Facebook. You have just uh, you can use any studio software that has an output of RTMP. You can just stream to to that. So that was my first hurdle. I need. To, <laughs> I want to use uh, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, then I actually so because I do website reviews, I want to show the website on screen. So and people need to be able to read that. And if you just have two talking heads like like we have right now. Um, you can you can get away with 720p resolution. That's fine. Uh, 
uh, if, as long as the audio is fine, uh, it's just to talking. You don't need to read anything on screen. That's fine. Uh, but for if you actually want to read something, 180p should be the minimum. I mean, 4K is is maybe too over the top, but 180p is is much better. 1080p. If you actually you do 1080p. Review. Oh, sorry, 1080p. Yeah. Um. So that, that's another uh, uh, um, uh, thing I wanted to have. By the way, have you seen? Uh, sorry, no, have you seen Load in the Loop? Uh, it's a technical podcast with um, Ivan Chaperny and Eric Heilman. They do the thing with their heads are green screened out at the bottom of the website. Oh yeah, it looks great. They they don't do it live. I think they cut it together in post production. But I'll send yep. you a link. It, it looks so cool. Like with oh yeah, so have a look. yeah, yeah. There, there are a couple of YouTubers doing that, right? So the the yeah, with, it's like a uh, standard green thing. But like this was the first uh, one I so saw that there was two people, two heads. Yeah, you know. So the the difficulty with that is actually not a lot of uh, software. Uh, supporting sharing your screen. So what I did with a with a with a, a website review, I do a five minute screen share, and then my guest does five minute screen share. So I need to be able to easily switch between my screen and the screen of the guest. And because it's about a website review, you want to see the responses of people. So you actually want to have both the screen share and the person in view. And most most of those uh, tools, actually, when you share your screen, your webcam is gone. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So that's not a uh, that's not a thing. Um, so and and when I started digging deeper and deeper into this, <laughs> it became more and more difficult to actually find. Yeah, like this is impossible. Did. This is impossible. Yeah. Um, so actually, one of the few that does this is, is what you're using right now. This is uh, Skype, uh, and then because Skype has a really nice NDI output. Yep. Which only works on your local network. People don't realize, it's, it's man. Sense. People are sleeping on Skype. It's like surprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's actually, uh, yeah, it was going down for a while. But the NDI is a really valuable addition to Skype because it sends uh, clean signals that you're uh, you're using eCam, right? Yep. Ecamm Live. So Ecamm Live can individually pick up uh, my webcam, your webcam, and a different screen share from different guests as, as different streams, different inputs in Ecamm. So you can position them however you like. Right. And for example, if you do that with Zoom, that's horrible because if you've ever used Zoom, um, well, you're not in control. You can you can use a tool like OBS or also Ecamm or Vmix to capture a screen. But then you either have this this dashboard of of all these different people, uh, can be a lot of them. Yeah. And when when some of them uh, or one of them does a screen share, you only see the screen share, and you you're you're left with a, a, sm a small bar of uh, of webcam uh, images, right? Uh, which mess which which might mess up your whole scene. Um, and it also it it even gets worse when you when you share your own screen because then the whole Zoom window disappears, right? <laughs> uh, so you have nothing nothing to capture anymore, and uh, you just see what you're sharing on screen. So, by the way, yeah, there's, there's a lot of pet peeve on VMix. So TJ yeah. uh, uses VMix, yes, and uh, it pulls in your camera and audio settings from Chrome, which sounds really cool. It's like leveraging the default functionality of Chrome, but there's no button in the UI. Like almost every app has a button in the UI to get right into your settings. So every time I join his thing, it has the wrong mic and I have to navigate to Chrome set. So it's a minor thing, but it's like, just give me like a little button, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's probably a, a browser limitation, but uh, yeah, that's annoying. It might be. I, yeah, I have no idea. But um, so, okay. So what did you land on yeah. for your setup? Um, so for my setup, uh, there, there are basically uh, two options. So uh, I have a, the most powerful thing I have right here, actually bought for streaming, is a, is a Windows uh, desktop uh, machine. Um, really? And um, so, the, so the combination with that is, uh, you, so what you need to understand, roughly with, uh, with uh, streaming, you you need you need four things uh, to do this. You, you need to you you need to capture your audio and video. Uh, then you need to encode that, uh, as in make it smaller so you can stream it somewhere. <laughs> um, usually that's done by studio software. It doesn't have to be in there, but that's usually done by your studio software, like you're using Ecamm. Uh, then you need to stream it, 
And then you need to publish it somewhere because you're doing live streaming, so you need to publish it something. So all these four things need to come together uh, nicely. Right. Uh, what I came so so the best option for me uh, would be something using either Skype or OBS Ninja. And what OBS Ninja does is basically uh, uh, creating uh, well, like you just said, uh, you op- just open a browser window, uh, give them access to your webcam and, and camera, and any guest can join. And I can include that. They, they their output is just a clean HTML, uh, clean URL, uh, and I can include that browser window anywhere. And that works really nice. Uh, and the other option, so the alternative for that will be Skype with any output. With the only downside is someone needs to have Skype. So if you don't want your guests to be bothered by installing Skype, then that that's uh, uh, might not be an option. Right. Um, so then if, if you want to go for browser, if that's that's your preference, you can go for a browser-based solution. That would be OBS Ninja. It's it's a bit bare bones, so it might not be the most user-friendly option, but it does work for both. Uh, screen share and uh, uh, um, uh, capturing your webcam at the same time and uh, putting that into OBS uh, and OBS uh, does a, does, there are a lot of options it's it's free it's open source by the way OBS Ninja is free and open source too um, and then use OBS for all the layers and scenes that I want to do and then the outputs then OBS doesn't support output to LinkedIn so I need another tool for that <laughs> and that's going to be Restream Restream and then Restream is going to do that but that's also uh, because OBS um, eCam, uh, so I, I do have a, a MacBook, but eCam is is way too uh, power hungry for my for my MacBook, um, and even then um, my MacBook uh, fans would uh, go crazy. Yeah. So it would be really annoying during um, uh, a live stream uh, f- just for the audio. Yeah, <laughs> the, the noise is right, right, right. Yeah, I had to. Uh, so you I also had to don't up, want that. I had to upgrade to a Mac Mini for that for the live stream uh uh issue and uh i have a i have an app that shows me my temperatures on the cpus as well as the fan speed or not an app it's a it's like a toolbar thing because that sucker can get pretty hot um even just doing regular stuff it's weird um yeah and then so that's also a decision that you that that, uh you can make then do i want something do i want all the power and of something like vmix or ecamm or obs that's fine, but then I do need to have a powerful system uh, at home uh, and be able to stream that live. I need to have this this connection at home, uh, either fiber or cable, whatever, that can pull off that upstream. And if you want to do uh, go live on multiple systems, like we just mentioned Restream, Restream, you just send them one stream of your whatever your output is, and they distribute it to other, other platforms like LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitch, wherever you want to stream. Uh, so your your upstream is not uh, um, um, going <laughs> uh, going up uh, going uh, bottom up because of your your streams to so many networks. Uh, so that that's where restream right. comes in. Plus the added benefit that LinkedIn can uh, can be done right. through restream. And I um man I ran into some weird issues with restream, like because um, I would try to stream to LinkedIn, Periscope, which is Twitter. Um, I can't remember if I did Facebook or not and YouTube and like weird stuff would happen. Like sometimes Twitter would start and stop or, um, you know, uh, also chat. Like, so restream, um, tries yeah. to pull all of your chat into one place. It tries to get like your LinkedIn chat, Facebook, all this stuff, but it doesn't do it right. And then it's completely impossible to manage all of that chat. Like, yeah. In separate places. So that like yeah. that in and of itself would be um, a great feature just to get all the chat in one place. But I'm sure the APIs just don't exist or else Restream, I'm sure, would would do it. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think for LinkedIn, it doesn't exist, for example. Yeah. 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 But that, that's 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 not a great feature. If that if that's something that you want uh, or re- require from your stream, if you want that audience interaction uh, with with the chat, then there there are, there are only so much programs that you can use for this, and and like I said, only so much uh, actual um, uh, publication platforms like LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, or whatever that you can use for this, because others don't support uh, um, this this shared chat functionality. And uh, that can it, it, yeah, it, it's of course really a hassle if you have to go through uh, five live streaming websites just to figure out if someone mentioned you. Or, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's horrible. It's madness. Um, so, so what I did is, uh, 
me being very analytical to begin with, as I already started this this massive spreadsheet with all these tools because I kept running into uh, demoing tools and and becoming really enthusiastic about a tool and then, oh this is really great oh this does this uh, amazingly uh, oh shit there's no RTMP out <laughs> shit and then uh, oh this this is nice this is nice oh great uh, oh I can uh, yeah I can um, uh, pull guests in that's fine but I can there's no there's no uh, screen share option for my guests right next, <laughs> next. <laughs> really annoying so I, and I and i understand because there are so many youtube and i've seen them all there's so many youtube videos about <laughs> the best streaming tool you've watched no like best streaming 85 of these because, youtube videos i'm sure at least yeah um, because there, there, there's no best streaming tool for you. They, they all just mention like five tools and they're, they're well, already in, in my list currently, they're like uh, 35, 40. Um, and they they all do something differently. And it's it's, it's about the specific feature that you need for your live stream if, it, if it's going to work on. Yeah. So I'm creating this out of my spreadsheet. So it took a long time to build that spreadsheet. So I, I thought, well, let's, let's put in some, even some, some more time. Let's double that <laughs> and build a website that actually supports, um, uh, filtering that, having that database as a backend and, and filtering on this, the stuff that you actually yeah. uh, need for your life. Yeah. And what's the link to that, uh, to that website? It's a livestream.guide. Nice. Nice URL. So not, not my first name. Not Guido. Yeah. Dot guy. Yeah. That's a good one. G-U-I-D-O. And it, it's great. It uses Airtable, pulls them into a nice grid, search, uh, uh, filterable, sortable. Well, I had I had to ditch Airtable because oh. that doesn't work nicely with uh, Webflow, like we just discussed oh, on Twitter. No. So that was the one. <laughs> so no, it's, it's just in. Yeah, it's just in uh, just in Webflow. Is it sortable and filterable? Yes. Okay. Sick. Okay. Cool. Because yeah, the filters are are handy. Um, so what I did right now, you can uh, there there are six groups of of filters, so you can filter on the stream destination. So where do you want to stream to? Uh, do you want to stream to LinkedIn, uh, Twitch, Twitter, or whatever? Uh, what kind of sources do you want to pull in? Uh, so is is there a screen share you want Dude, to do? Dude, this is uh, a obviously, great uh, website, man. Thank you. I'm just pulling it up. Um, and. So it, it's uh, still very much a work in progress. So I want to add some more information because now it's you, you need some uh, knowledge. I mean, there, there are terms in there, like we just said, like NDI, RTMP. Not everyone uh, is familiar with that, of course. You, you will, after you watch those those 78 videos on, <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> but I want to sp- spare you that time. Um, uh, and you can select on video quality again and uh, and uh, frame rates that, uh, that you need. Dude, this is a great and f- and f- website. Overheated Dutch guy one bottles of Clubmate to me. What the heck is Clubmate? Is that a drink? Is that like a oh yeah, that's sparkling water. It's like a yeah, it's like a caffeinated uh, tea. Nice. It's, uh, oh, Club from, from Club Mate. Is that what it is? Is it like yerba mate? Yes. Nice Clubmate, like a caveman. Um, but I think currently I have, uh, so I've ported, uh, imported around 15 tools, I think. Um, and it's all, it, it, it not only, so the, uh, when I've, uh, I've, hopefully before you publish this, I have uh, this all filled up with all the tools I have in my uh, database. But what it also does, it it shows you or it, it aims to so, um, um, show you the combination of tools that will work for you. So good combinations of, for nice. example, what's already in there, which you can see is Skype plus Ecamm. If you don't uh, need LinkedIn, Ecamm and plus Skype, you're already done. Um, if you want to do screen share uh, with your guests, uh, but if you want LinkedIn, then uh, you'll get a suggestion to use Skype plus Ecamm plus Restream because through Restream, you can do uh, LinkedIn. Gotcha. So those, those kind of suggestions are in there. Of course, there are unlimited. I mean, if there are, uh, there's uh, 40 separate tools in there, um, you can imagine how how much tool combinations are possible. So I probably won't have them all uh, yeah. in there, uh, but I have some uh, top suggestions uh, that'll in there that, that'll save a lot of people that want to go into live streaming. It's, it's going to be very niche. <laughs> Again, I wonder. There's there's maybe one person listening right now that says, "Oh, that's interesting." <laughs> <laughs> but it'll it'll save you a lot of time. Yeah, and you have the prices all normalized in euros. Which is cool um, yes. because, like, I'm sure you're going through there and it's like dollars. Like, now I got to convert dollars. And then it's like per month and per year and, you know, all yep. this, like, 
like yeah all sorts of weird stuff so that's cool that's use that's definitely useful um awesome man well dude i think we're at our time this was a freaking blast um couple things in the in the list we didn't get to any uh any final words what, what did we forget well remote work we didn't talk about at all <laughs> <laughs> which was uh, we'll, do, we'll do another one yeah that. dude let's do another one this is i could do these all day long man with you it's a lot of fun uh we'll do a part two um so cool man well uh you already mentioned that site but like where can people generally kind of find you online where's the best place uh so my, my own main website is uh just my first name with a dot between the i and the d <laughs> <laughs> goi.do uh and and mainly if, if you want to ask something uh just hit me up on uh, on twitter yeah. which is just uh, twitter.com slash goido cool awesome man thanks uh so much thanks everybody for watching and we will see you next week